Hello. Good to see you again. <laughs> kind of. Good to see you too, sort of, maybe on my screen yeah, kind of thing. You know, good old video call. It's good to be back. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another surprise podcast episode of It's Not an Allegory. I'm Pam, and I'm here with my lovely, wonderful, beautiful, stunning, glowing co-host, Erin. <laughs> She's a little flustered, it's fine. Okay, so, yeah, welcome back to It's Not an Allegory. We're really excited to have this episode where we're sitting in our homes in different provinces and able to record the wonders of technology, even though we were just complaining about technology about five minutes ago while we were trying to get set up. It is still an amazing thing that yeah. this this can exist, this can happen. Um, we are officially so is, 26 minutes behind schedule, just so everybody knows. <laughs> fantastic. If you're new to the podcast or this is like the first episode you're listening to, uh, usually we are sitting together. Uh, and drinking coffee and talking about life, mm-hmm. um, talking about why certain things are or are not allegories, mostly because we're just a bunch of nerds mm-hmm. talking about theology. So uh, if you don't want to listen to two nerds talk about theology, now is your time to stop listening. But if that does sound interesting to you, please continue, pull Aye. up a cup of coffee, and sit back and relax, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll chat with you. So, Pam. Yes. Coffee question. Ooh. You're, f- yeah. Okay. Wait, we so. have to start with what we're drinking. Oh, what are you yes. drinking, Pam? I am drinking. Far away from me. My dad roasted it. He said he forgot what kind of bean it was. He just all he remembers it's a, is it's a Colombian bean. However, it's a oh, latte. Nice and vague. Ooh. And it's happy, and it's so smooth, and it's made with love. Did it have a smiley face latte art on it? No, it had a blob because it was a flat white. But then how do you well okay, so not a latte then. Okay. Pam. It's a flat white. Um it was lovely. But you didn't want to sound pretentious, did you? No. Every once in a while I'm not pretentious. It happens like once a year, but you know. But the fact that you pretended it was something else in an effort to not sound pretentious is even more pretentious than if you had just said what it was. <laughs> well, yeah. It literally has the word pretend in what you did. Well, you my, pretended it was a latte. My latte. <laughs> Which is the my, prefix to the word pretentious. My flat white is glorious. And it was made with love. So there's that. Well, cheers. Sounds good. Um, nice, vague Colombian bean. Mm-hmm. I have here, it's an Ethiopian from Level Ground. Mm-hmm. It's a dark roast. Uh, so it's what you get at Costco. Like, the good coffee Ooh. that you get at Costco. So, like, but it's good Costco stuff. I was gonna make my Kingbird blend from Travis Johnston. Still a sponsor, I think. I think so. <laughs> Since we get back to school, know. I'm pretty sure we'll get coffee from him. Yeah, he gave me a bag of the Kingbird before I left. It's very, very gracious. Um, and that's still kicking around. I don't, I don't make a ton of my own coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's usually, like, my mom gets up first, makes coffee, and then I grab that and take it in my travel mug to work. On a normal, like, on a Saturday, like today, I drink multiple cups, and I'll make pour over, and I'll do, like, the fancy coffee, but Same. during the work week, you gotta, you gotta settle. You gotta settle for the, for, it's still good stuff, but, like, it's not as fancy. But I have a little bit of cream in it, and I like cream in my coffee, and this is cream from a local creamery just mm. ten minutes east of me, and they have the best milk and cream ever. And you go to, like, a dispenser and get 
the milk that comes out of the dispenser. It's like coin operated. It's so cool. It's the best place. You're Called such Sunnyside a Sunnyside Creamery. I love, I love dairy. Honestly, like, I want to live on a dairy farm. I'd marry a dairy farmer, 100%. It would be great. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> then I think of like, oh, right, getting up at 5 a.m. also does not sound very nice to me. But I want to milk a cow. I would love to milk a cow. I can honestly say Anyways. that that is not what I want to do. Oddly but you're enough. a city kid, so. That's true. Anyway, mm-hmm. so. We have questions. Our questions today are about summer. Because it is summer, kind of. It snowed a couple days ago here where I am at in Alberta. So, I don't know. We've had three kinds of weather here. Because, like, yesterday it was plus 24. The day before that we had a thunderstorm. And the day before that it was snowing. So... Yeah, and here it's been 20 degrees, balmy, and super windy, though, Mm. and super dry. So, I mean, I'd rather, I'd take some snow if it meant we got some moisture. Yeah, snow is good. I just don't know what weather it is. Like, I pulled out my shorts and my tank tops and my sunglasses, and then it snowed. You're in Canada. You're not allowed to put away your winter gear. I didn't even ever. bring my winter gear. Half my winter, winter gear is still at Miller. <laughs> well, that's your fault. <laughs> okay, summer questions. Mine is about summer and about coffee. Ooh. So, Pam, what's your favorite summer coffee drink? One that you can only... Like, a seasonal. Seasonal. Okay, so the drink I'm about to say is... I'll start broad, and then I'll get very specific. So, I actually really love, like, small batch cold brew. I don't get it very much, because my family doesn't really like cold brew, so I don't even really make it here, because I'm the only <sighs> one who drinks it. Um, but, um... That's so sad. Yeah, I like some cold brew with, like, some a vanilla shot in it, and a little bit of milk, not cream. I'm, I'm not a big fan of cream, actually. Um, like, I like a little bit of, like, I like whipped cream every once in a while, but I, I don't like the texture hmm. of cream. I think it's just too thick. Oh. Um. You and I are very different I know. people. Uh, but the... I was gonna take you to Sunnyside when you came to visit me. I would come anyway, and I would enjoy it, but I just, especially, like, I can do, like, a little bit, but not a lot of cream. It has to be just, like, a splash, barely changing the color of my coffee. Um... But, specifically, one time I went to BC, I went to the Sunshine Coast, I go to BC a lot, but this time it was the Sunshine Coast, and there was a small coffee shop where they made small batch cold brew, and they put it in beautiful glass bottles, and the packaging is my favorite thing ever, it's like matte black with yellow accent, um, and yeah, it was this, it's called Beachcomber Cold Brew. And it was the smoothest cup of cold brew coffee I've ever had in my life. I I kept the bottle. It's very aesthetically pleasing. So it holds my flowers whenever I have flowers. But, oh, that was, it was just like a smooth cold brew. It had caramel tones. It was just so light. I could drink it while I was walking on the beach. It was refreshing. I dream about that cold brew every summer. 
and I can't get back to it unless I'm willing to drive and take a couple ferries. Wow. That's quite the story. It's so good. And I was just going to say, like, an iced vanilla latte is pretty good. I like iced but, vanilla like, lattes. Wow. I th like, an iced coffee, like, I'm easy to please. I'll go to McDonald's and get an iced coffee. I'm, mm. Becca says I'm a little pretentious when I order my iced coffee because I make too many modifications. That's what you get for working fast food for two years. I know how to modify the system. Although I went to McDonald's and they got rid of my favorite flavor, so I have a bone to pick with now corporate McDonald's. I, I don't make any modifications when I go to McDonald's because I don't expect high quality drinks well like mcdonald's is good coffee it's mm -hmm. good but like i don't expect the best quality at a mcdonald's kind of thing if i'm going to a coffee shop then yeah maybe i'll make sure it's like yeah you should be giving me quality i'm paying five bucks for this drink like not i get it better be it better be delicious i get light ice some milk half sweet with sugar-free oh, vanilla oh my goodness what were you saying about trying not to sound pretentious? Well, it's the sugar-free vanilla doesn't have an aftertaste. That's Okay, key. anyways. Anyway, my question for you is, what is a... What was the word? Um, unconventional summer activity that you like doing. Not going to the beach, not going camping, because we all know you like camping and everybody goes to the beach. I love camping. When you have free time. Maybe I go to the beach too, Pam. You have no idea. I said I everybody I goes to the, to the beach. beach. I hate. <laughs> I'd rather go camping. Yeah, Beaches are the worst. Um, but I hate sand. It gets everywhere. Uh, no, like, what is something <laughs> um, that, like, just you have free time in the summer, it's nice out, what are you doing? And you said unconventional. Yeah. So, like... Ugh, man. You're 20 years old. It's like, with this somebody who's not, like, what do you... I'm 22. Get out of here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, because usually in the summer, like right now, I'm, it's hard to picture, first off, because it's still kind of cold, mm -hmm. and so I'm not too, quite doing summer things. Also, I'm working mm -hmm. full time, so I'm tired all mm -hmm. the time. <laughs> so, um, when I have energy and I have time, mm -hmm. I guess the unconventional thing for, I guess, for a 22-year-old would be... I build a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll have projects that I do, like, well, right now not so much because lumber is stupidly expensive, yep. but uh, I have the drawings for making a bookshelf for my room Ooh. because I have a bunch of books sitting in boxes and I have nowhere to put them. Yeah. And also I'm probably going to build a garden bed thing with my mom. Uh, we're working on renovating our deck right now. I guess it's more... It'd be a conventional thing for a full-grown adult who has their own house and, like, you know, summer's the time to renovate or do mm -hmm. your backyard, your projects and stuff like that. But, I don't know. I spend a lot of time in my shop building yeah. things and doing stuff like that. I paint outside. That's great. The best thing is when the sun is just, like, just starting to dip below the trees. Mm. So it's, like, it's the evening. It's getting towards sunset. I play some Billie Holiday, mm. so some smooth old jazz, and I'll sit outside and paint. That is, like... The best That's feeling ever. It just peak summer. That is good. That is a good summer feel. Oh, I love yeah. that so much. Um, you gotta have a good drink with you too. Yeah. But get well, iced tea or something. Yeah, I'm. I've been mm -hmm. making like my own iced teas with like, cause I have Ooh. David's tea, but I was given a bunch of like fruit teas, and I'm like drinking fruit tea hot. <gasps> yes. Like 
I have a melon tea and I have some strawberry teas and like I don't like drinking that hot but iced so good I have a lovely peach tea that I love iced oh <gasps> yes peach tea iced mm-hmm. is so good my sister got the fixings to make homemade passion tea lemonade mm. it's delicious oh anyway that's enough about drinks we actually do have a topic for today um so as I was trying to brainstorm for what we should talk about um when I knew I didn't want to talk about COVID I didn't want to talk about COVID I didn't want to talk about you know any anything controversial because we are in a world of so much controversy already and so I was trying to think what's something relevant that's not controversial and it's hard to think of things that are relevant and yet not controversial <laughs> in the church. Um, but uh, something that came to my mind um, was devos. So we decided that that was a fair, relevant topic to talk about today. Um, just because we are in a time where we can't meet, necessarily. We can't, like, there's some places we can and some we can't can't meet we can't have fellowship uh it's hard to find a church that's you know preaching the word and it's even harder to get there so something that is important in all this regardless is devos and that's true in this season of not really knowing what's happening as well as any time like devos was a key part of my salvation story and I know it's pretty important to you. We've had a lot of talks about devotions. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thought process behind this. Um, yeah. Even in my family, Devos has been something that's been a pretty high emphasis. Like, from the time I was little, my parents always asked, like, what we were doing for daily devotions. So, yeah. We just thought we'd talk about that for a bit. Cool. Yeah, Devos. Um... I have a lot of thoughts on, on Devo's mm-hmm. and I, when Pam messaged me, she's like, oh, we should do a podcast on this. I was like, yeah, and that's perfect because I've actually been doing mine lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm glad like you didn't catch me on a week where I've been slacking, Yeah, which like it happens to us all. Like mm-hmm. if, if you, if you're thinking like, shoot, I haven't done my Devo's for a while. Like I haven't read my Bible mm-hmm. or taken the time, like don't feel like I don't know, maybe a a little bit of, like, healthy shame of, Mm -hmm. like, you should be doing this. So, you know, we were chatting last night, and it's kind of like, Devo's is one of those things where it's like, yes, it's mandatory. It's also not mandatory to do, Mm -hmm. like, there's not really a cookie-cutter way to do Devo's. I think, like, Mm -hmm. I used to think that Devo's was just, like, you just sat and read your Bible, and, like, I didn't really know what else to do. And I had to kind of get creative to learn in a way that I learned, like, so, like, my, my Bible journal, like, I, so I, I have a little separate journal, a notebook that I'll, I'll take my notes in, and I'll, I'll write whatever thoughts, and then it's, it's covered in sketches and stuff, because I'm a very visual person, and mm-hmm. when I read the Bible, I just think of these pictures, and they just fit so well with what mm-hmm. I'm reading, and it just helps me remember mm-hmm. what I was reading, helps me solidify it, and, like, it helps me also look for imagery, and, like, ways that you can compare, mm-hmm. um, what you're learning in scripture to something that you can relate it to. So it's, yeah. So like the one I'm looking at right now, I have a really cool perspective picture of a cedar tree and it's like, you're looking, it's like you're standing at the base of its trunk, mm-hmm. looking straight up at the cedar mm-hmm. tree. 
and it's from Hosea 14, uh, where it says, God is like an evergreen cypress. Mm -hmm. He talks about Israel dwelling in his shadow. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh man, like I could see it. If I close my mm -hmm. eyes, I can picture it. Like I'm standing underneath a cypress Yeah, under its shadow. It, you just like you, that feeling of awe and of the majesty of this tree. It's like God mm -hmm. is like that, but so much bigger, right? It's mm -hmm. so helpful to think like, I guess devos, we say devos, but that's just a word that kind of gets thrown around even not in the whole Christian community, but yeah. by de by devos, we mean devotionals, mm -hmm. which means devoted Devoted time to spending with God. Yeah, and... Which, like... <laughs> that's, that's like, an important thing. Like, it's not a check... Like, it's not just a reading plan where you're reading a textbook because you have to. It's genuinely spending time in the Word, hearing what our Father has to say to us because there's, like, there's so much personal application and there's so much... That we can learn personally from the scripture. Um, it's not just something mm. that, you know, you hear from a pulpit and it's preached and it's a, talking about abstracts that don't apply to us or only apply in vague ways. Like, how, like, devotions can speak to every part of our lives, whether it be our relationship with God or how we handle conflict or even just our personal growth and what we struggle with, like, there's so, Devo's is just so much more than just something on a checklist, and that's something that I had mm. to work through this last couple years, kind of training myself to think, because, yeah, when we talk about Devo's, it's kind of like something that, oh, yeah, I read this, and I did this, and then it's 15 minutes of my day, and then it's done, put it away, don't have to yeah. think about it anymore. And it's so much I read one chapter. Mine. Yeah. I prayed for two minutes. I'm good. I'm mm -hmm. done. I'm saved. Yeah. It's, <laughs> nope. That's not what it is. And, like, I I hope that, like, after, like, I hope now, as you're listening to this, if anybody's listening to this, I don't know how many people actually listen to our podcast now. Um, I huh? hope that when you think of Devos, it's not something you dread. It's not something you think of as oh, I have to do this because I'm a Christian and this is what Christians do. It's something that... It's spending time with someone who loves you and hearing from them and then talking back. It's not just reading the Bible. It's prayer and it's growth and it's talking back. It's pouring mm. out your heart before God and letting Him work in you. It's, I think, one of the most... It's one of the, Divas is one of the most transformational ways that God has just worked in my life as I um, go through scripture and as I learn about him. Yeah, even I actually became a Christian while doing Devos, which is funny because you would think doing Devos is something for Christians and stuff, but I did huh? them before I was a Christian because it was a mandatory part of my youth group. Thanks, Dad who was my youth pastor and made huh. us all do devos. Um, but yeah, like having doing devos literally tra changed my heart. Like the Holy Spirit did, but he used devos to do it. And that's something that's true even now. Like part of sanctification has like the safe sanctification process for me has been devos and mm. learning about God through his word. So yeah.
It's good. It's good. Yeah, I recall growing up, my mom always was doing her devos when I'd get up for school. She'd be downstairs at the kitchen table reading her Bible. And it was just something, like, honestly, it wasn't really discussed in my family. Like, we didn't sit down and talk, oh, what are you learning in your devos right Mm -hmm. now? Like, that wasn't, we were, we are not a structured family like that. (laughs) But it was just something so constant, and it didn't need to be spoken that it was important to my mom. It was obvious that it was, because Mm -hmm. she made an effort to do it. And if it came up in conversation, she'd be like, oh, I was reading that in my Bible this morning. Mm -hmm. And then we would chat about it. We still do. Like, we'll still do that sometimes. Start chatting about what we were learning and have some fun discussions about that. Um, I love showing people different ways they can do their devos. I did a, when I was at camp a couple of years ago, I did for like the the leaders in training group. um, I did a session for them on how to do their devos. And it's funny because it was like their first session at camp and so like they didn't really know what they were getting into and then they just had me <laughs> come bounding in all excited <laughs> to tell them my thoughts and <laughs> those poor kids. That would be I'm a lot sure of energy, so no kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I'd probably be a, be a little scared. I think they were scared of me, but it's fine. I don't really remember much of what I said, but I think um, the thing I really wanted them to leave with was this is you spending time with God who if if you have made him your Lord and Savior, he also calls you friend. Mm-hmm. And and so, not that we should just approach Devos super casually. I think there should be some, should be some awe and reverence of like, this is the, like, you're reading the words of the creator of the universe who is holy and mighty and he is all-powerful and so high above you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there should be some major respect there, right? Like, yeah. more than just respect. Like, on reverence of the sovereign God. Um, but also, that's the beautiful paradox, is like, the sovereign God, who is holy and we are not, calls us friend. And like, he's also, in the, in Jesus, he's fully God and fully man. Which means he's, Jesus is approachable. Jesus is, is human as well, and can, we can talk to him. Like we would talk to mm-hmm. a brother or sister, or mother or father, uh, and I, that's so beautiful. That's amazing, and that that can take away so much fear when reading devos. Like mm-hmm. often, it can be kind of intimidating. Of like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just me. I'm just here. I'm just trying to spend time with God. I don't know how to do that. Like, you can't see Him technically, but I found that when I do my devos and I do them consistently, and when I'm seeking to learn more about who God is, it's like I see God throughout the rest of my day in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I'll, like, especially at work, uh, I, I've, I was telling you this, Pam, but, like, I, I spend a lot of time alone at work where I'm just, I'm just doing my work and I'm by myself, and it doesn't require much thinking. Like, I'm not writing stuff down. I'm not crunching numbers or anything. I'm just doing my stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I end up thinking and praying and, like, singing songs to myself a lot. And I've been trying to go over what I was learning in my devos earlier that day. And it's like mm-hmm. thinking, okay, what did that teach me about God? How can I, how can I bring that into the day? And like, I think one of the most important things about devos is that if it doesn't change you even a little bit, and if it doesn't affect the rest of your day, you're doing it wrong. Like, I mean, that sounds kind of harsh, but like your devos should lead to further advancing of the kingdom for the fellowship. Something, something happens with that. It's, it's a very powerful thing to spend time with the creator 
And so if you're a Christian doing your devos, it should lead to more people hearing the word of God, like hearing about Jesus. Tell people what you learned in your devos. It's all about Jesus. So if you can't find the gospel in your devos, you're doing it wrong. Like, fi <laughs> find out where Jesus is because he's everywhere. <laughs> like, what does this tell me about Jesus and how can I tell that to other people? When they ask you what you did today, tell them, like, oh, I, well, I read my Bible and, and I learned this. I learned this about God mm -hmm. and, and how he is true and he is noble and he's pure and all these things. Like, and I mean, they might give you some shocked and weird looks and I'm really bad at this. Like, I'm, I, I don't talk to my coworkers a ton. I should talk to them more. Um, but like, it, there's something that can take place, mm -hmm. something very, very powerful when the Holy Spirit works through devoted time with your father. Yeah. And even like, when, like just how we, what we do in Devo's and what we take from Devo's should impact us. Like, there should be. The world, it says in Second Timothy 3.16, I believe, that the word of God is just useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Um, and then I think in Hebrews it says that it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged yeah. sword. Aaron's grinning right now. Hebrews 4.12. I used, mm -hmm. I said the key word, it says in Hebrews. So, you know, basically. That's my favorite book because of devos that I did a while ago. But yeah, like, the Word of God is just so helpful, and it, it, it should impact us, and it should transform us. There should be some sanctifying power mm. in it. Um, all this to be said, I think another thing that it's important to remember, especially right now, is that Devos is not a replacement. I don't know, I was thinking about mm. that too. I did a study um, a few years back with my youth group called NAV27, and in it they had a, um, an illustration, it's a very, very good study, they do, they have lots of illustrations and things, but one of them is a wheel, and it has four spokes on it, and I was just talking about it with my parents this morning, and basically, it's, so, the hub of the wheel is Christ, and then there's four spokes, two going vertically, and then two going horizontally, and the two horizontal ones are, or the two vertical ones, we'll start with the vertical, are prayer, going up, and time in the word. And then the two horizontal ones are ev evangelism and fellowship with the church. Hmm. All four of these are important. Like, even in time where we can't necessarily meet, we can't necessarily evangelize, Devos is not the replacement for this. Devos is not a replacement for going to church. Church is not a replacement for Devos. You can't just not do one of these things. We're, it's important to be connecting with the word in multiple ways. It's not just doing it by yourself and leaving it at that. And I think Devos is also a really cool way to engage in the two Ver, uh, the two horizontal spokes because you can learn so much that is applicable and shareable for evangelism and you can learn so much that's applicable in, fel in fellowship too I think 
you know, some of the most wonderful conversations I've had with fellow Christians is about what I'm learning in Devos and hearing what they're learning in Devos. And it's really formational and it really impacts me. And it's one way that I've just had people pour into my life and I've been able to pour into other people's lives as we talk about what the Holy Spirit is doing in us through the Word of God. So, yeah, just Hmm. as we talk about Devos, like, we're not elevating Devos above everything else um, just because it's relevant. Like, Devos are so important to the Christian life, but it's not the only important part of the Christian life. And that's something that I struggled with at first, too. And like we were saying, well, like like I was saying, like, Devos means devoted Mm -hmm. time. Like, that's literally what we're saying is it's devoted time, which can look like so many different things. Mm -hmm. Your devoted time could also be going for a walk Mm -hmm. in which you happen to just, like, just spending some time alone in nature. Mm -hmm. That's that's one way I love to do that. I don't call it my Devos Mm because... Uh, you may have noticed this uh, assumption that Pam and I are both making is that we all understand that devos should be rooted mm-hmm. in the word of God. It might not be directly reading scripture, mm-hmm. but it is rooted in the word that you should be, you should be reading the word mm-hmm. because that's how the Lord speaks mm-hmm. to you. And then you can share that with others. And if you're missing that key element of the word of God, the, mm-hmm. the truth, truth spoken um, throughout thousands of years of, of, inspired authors, then you will, the rest of it will suffer. The rest of your evangelism and your fellowship will suffer because you'll have a skewed view of who you're worshiping. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think like Bebo's can be a really fantastic time of worship and of study. I know we get so scared of the word study. Like not all of us are scholars of the word. If you're not in Bible mm-hmm. school, you might be like, well, studying, Ugh, I graduated already. I'm sick mm-hmm. of studying. I work now. Like I don't need... I don't need to do that. No, you you should be studying the word of God and seeking to go deeper. Um, mm-hmm. Pam laughed at me uh, for the Hebrews mention. The reason I love Hebrews so much is because I read it a ton. And you'd think, like, I would get sick of it, and I did not. I, I did a little, a little test, a little test sort of thing. I said I would read the book of Hebrews for a year in a bunch of different ways and read it over and over and over and have it basically memorized and that I would leave that year-long study technically knowing less than when I started. Sure, I gained Mm -hmm. a ton of knowledge about the book of Hebrews, and I read a bunch of different authors, and I read a whole bunch of stuff about it, but it was like, it's like you learned enough to know that there was a door, and then the door was opened, and it was like, oh, there's so much more. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just suddenly knew that there's like way more I could learn from this book. So my Hebrew study made it my favorite book because I, I have basically memorized. Mm-hmm. I've been slacking on a little bit. I, I don't quite have it memorized anymore, but um, it just became so, it's so alive. Mm-hmm. Like when I just knew, like studied a book so that I knew it so well, it was suddenly like, oh my word, this is everywhere. And so I will be the first student in class to bring up well, what about when it says this in Hebrews? And, like, what about this in Hebrews? Like, Every time. Like, it suddenly it's just, like... But especially the book of Hebrews. Like, Hebrews is so good. Because, like, it's so relevant to it. Like, obviously, this is going to be my sales pitch for reading the book. Go read the book of Hebrews. Because it's talking about how Jesus is better than the Old Covenant. Mm-hmm. So if you, you could read the whole Torah, and you under, once you understand the whole Torah, 
then you go and read the book of Hebrews and find out how Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and how he is just this the perfect Passover lamb and all these things. The book of Hebrew, the author of Hebrews, was absolutely brilliant writer. It's one of the most beautiful books ever written. Actually, a lot of scholars say it's like, in terms of Greek literature, it's one of the most beautifully written uh, Greek literature, pieces of Greek literature ever. Secular and non-secular. Like, oh, so good. I, I Go think read Hebrews, that guys. the key it's thing awesome. that is there too is that, you know, you, you mentioned that the more you read it, the less you knew. And I think that's a really cool hmm. idea too, because Devos isn't just for people who don't study the Bible regularly. It's not just for your pastors, Bible school students, you know, commentary <laughs> writers. And it's not just for the people who aren't those things. There is something to learn for everyone, regardless of where you are in your walk with God. There's no, nobody is above reading the Bible and knowing, no one is unable to understand the Bible. Like, you don't, mm. you don't graduate from the, the scripture and from the word of God. And the more that you study it, the, the more you understand it, but the, the more questions you have at the same time. And I think that's such a beautiful picture about how big our God is, that he can give us 66 books that have been studied mm. for over 2,000 years, and we still don't really understand it. And that's kind of amazing. Not kind of. It, it, it straight up is amazing. And so, yeah, mm. I think... I don't know. Like, I found I find Devo's really hard to do a lot of the time. For someone who's pretty structured, I'm also pretty chaotic, and things get pretty huh. thrown to the wind pretty often. I don't know. I, I, I have a schedule... And I think part of that is just so I can break my schedule. Not gonna lie. <laughs> like, that's just how my brain works. I'll have a plan and it's like, um, yes, but I need to get these seven things done. So I'm gonna do that. So that's kind of just how my brain works. And unfortunately, sometimes the devos are what gets replaced in that chaos. But, you know, just... Devos is not just reading. It's... Spending time in the word and it's growth and it's learning and it's such a mm. beautiful thing. And and also like you got to find your way to read it too. Yeah. Like it's not like you don't have to just do one chapter a day. Exactly. Like right now I'm doing like I did a Hebrew study for a year and right now I'm doing a Hosea mm -hmm. study for a year. And like I w read it through from mm. like first chapter to last chapter and then I read a chapter by chapter, and then I read half a chapter by half a chapter, and then I read the sections, like the, the passages by passage. Mm -hmm. Then I went and read like two verses at a time kind of thing, mm -hmm. and narrowed it down, and now I finished doing that, and now I'm going to go back and just read it one chapter at a time mm -hmm. all the way through. Um, and what I did with the book Hebrews is my last 13 days, because there's 13 chapters, mm -hmm. I did a painting for each chapter, which mm -hmm. I know that that's not what everyone would do, because not, not really. everyone's painters, but... I wanted to engage visually, like, after I had spent a year learning about this book, and mm -hmm. I, not saying that I understood it fully, but I understood it a lot mm -hmm. better than I did before, I I could sum up each chapter into a painting, mm -hmm. and on it, that was one of the coolest art projects I've ever done. It's It looked so cool, and, like, when I got to the end, I, well, like, after the first two of them, 
I noticed I had already started this theme of hands. Mm-hmm. Because it was, the book of Hebrews talks about basically God coming down and touching the earth mm-hmm. as in the man, God, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the theme of this hand, that Jesus is like this, God's hand touching mm-hmm. earth, just became throughout the whole entire, all, all 13 of them have hands doing something. Yeah. And it just, oh, it was a cool theme. And I was like, oh, yes, it was like, that was the greatest feeling. <laughs> I felt so inspired to do art in the word. And I think like like if you if you write write poetry about the word, mm-hmm. like sum up it sum up the scripture in your own words. Mm-hmm. Be careful about like keep your theology like have good theology. But like it's not okay. a place where people are gonna read you <laughs> and like read your stuff mm-hmm. and think, oh well that was like not quite theologically mm-hmm. accurate. Well it's it's your spending time mm-hmm. with God. If you word something wrong, it's your own personal thing. Hopefully you, you learn mm-hmm. where you made your mistake and hopefully the Spirit yeah. can uh, point out errors kind of thing. Like, uh, Pam, you said, like, no one graduates from reading the mm-hmm. scriptures, but also, like, no one is too dumb to read yeah. the scriptures. You know, like, you're not you're not going to mess up the scriptures because of your lack of understanding. Like, the Spirit is Bye. the one who intercedes and gives understanding. Like, <laughs> you're not going to mess up the gospel because you can't put something into words mm-hmm. perfectly. No, like, mm-hmm. the Spirit is there to give guidance. Honestly, okay, I've I've done sessions and, like, done talks kind of thing where I have to sit and talk for an hour about the Bible or about various things, which, like, that's trouble. That's real trouble no when kidding. you give me the microphone for an hour long. Um, and As sometimes now, you know. I've walked away. <laughs> I know, right? literally strapped a microphone onto myself so that we could watch the chaos unleash. Uh, but I remember, like, sometimes when I think, oh, that was, like, the worst talk mm-hmm. I'd ever given. I was so scattered. I had no idea what I was saying mm-hmm. half the time. Most of the time, that's when I get the most compliments. And when people say that they were impacted the most is when I thought that mm-hmm. I was doing poorly. Mm-hmm. And it just always goes to show that it's not me. It's not my words. Mm-hmm. It's always the spirit. And so, like, apply that to your devos. It's not you and your and your understanding. It's not it's not your understanding at all that makes mm-hmm. any difference. It's the spirit who mm-hmm. gives understanding mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah. And you have no power within yourself to make yourself understand. Because, like, yeah, like, some people read the word and not see the gospel at all. Not see the beauty of scripture, mm-hmm. the beauty of the gospel. But, like, how blessed are we that we have the spirit... And that he he can give us understanding about Jesus Christ. Like, that is an amazing and precious gift. Why would we ever waste that? You know, like, we should do spend time in the Word. Truly. The Word is great. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think we beat this topic to death yet? Not yet. Not yet. I don't know if we because could. Because I thought of the scripture passage. I don't think we could. <laughs> come close. Oh, no. I don't know. I ramble quite a We've bit. come close. <laughs> Same. Um, I had thought of one other thing. Oh, okay. I was going to cut you off. said not a replacement. For, um, yeah, you were. I was. Because <laughs> I guess since we're talking about scripture, we should probably have some scripture to back ourselves up, mm-hmm. right? So I have my Bible open here to Matthew chapter 25, mm. uh, in which in, chapter, in verse 14 it says, um, For it will be like a man going on a journey. Mm-hmm who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, Mm -hmm. to another two, and to another one, 
mm-hmm. to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded them and made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made you five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had the, the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here, I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. Mm-hmm. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested the money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have been received what was with my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who had the ten talents. Mm-hmm. For to everyone who has, who has will more be given, and he who will have abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Mm-hmm. And cast the worthless servant out into the outer darkness in that place, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now this passage has a lot of interpretation. Like, there's a lot of things it applies to. But I think where we're going to apply it right now is doing devos, invest in the script, like, read the scriptures, invest your time, mm-hmm. invest in it, and it will reap a harvest, and go and do something with it. Like, you spend mm-hmm. time in scripture, and it should impact you, it should change mm-hmm. you. Even if it's the slightest change you're learning about mm-hmm. your creator, go out and do something with it. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Nice. Nice. Well, it's been 45 minutes, so we we managed to fill up a time slot in a rather punctual matter. Well, of course ma- we did. Matter. I think that's exactly... Is 42 minutes. That's shorter than normal. Anyways, so, I have no crazy statement to make at the end here. I didn't think of any. I don't know. You're slacking, Aaron. I don't know. Everything, everything's crazy, so we'll just Everything say that... Crazy. If you leave, careful going out your door. You never know where you might get swept off to. Mm-hmm. Be blessed in the most like, There's your Lord of the Rings quote. <laughs> we haven't quoted Lord of the Rings in a while. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't watched it in a while. Be blessed in the most chaotic oh. way possible and enjoy your coffee. Enjoy your coffee. <laughs>